Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another Firefill episode of GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Becca Barkey. Y'all, she is a woman on fire, and here is a bit about Becca. Y'all, get ready. So Becca Barkey is an entrepreneur in the digital talent management space, focused on the intersection of creators and brands as both seek to inspire cultural movements. As the CEO and co-founder of Illuminate Social, Barkey is reshaping the evolving industry to bring more professionals and transparent representation for creators. Becca has been on the forefront of the creator management industry, building an impressive portfolio of clients and owning best practices to set new standards that benefit creators and brands. Who doesn't want that or need that? But before founding Illuminate Social, Barkey served as the vice president of talent at Social Light, one of the industry's top influencer management companies. But without further ado, I want to let Becca introduce who she is and a fun fact. So welcome, Becca. Well, thank you for welcoming me. I'm so excited to be here this morning. Um, So yes, I'm Becca. Uh, To give a fun fact, um, well, I actually had a blog way back 10 years ago before I even knew that this whole industry could be a full-time job for me. Um, which I just think is really interesting how this all came full circle. And never, th- I did a blog as a hobby. Thank God it's finally deleted from the internet. Um, no one needs to see that. But um, it is, it's kind of come full circle for me. That is amazing, Becca. But I would challenge you a bit here. I think that your blog should be seen because that's a part of who Becca Barkey is and you've evolved personally as well as professionally and it's always good to go back and reflect and look at our growth but that's just me so I don't know if if you want to take that up as a challenge but I know today we're going to talk about creator and influencer economy and then we're going to weave in some of the other pieces that make you a SME subject matter expert such as leadership building teams with empathy and intention, because there's a lot of people who form teams, but they don't have the empathy whenever they build the the teams. And sometimes those team members, they feel seen, but not necessarily heard. So when you started your business, what was that like for you? And let's start with the hard stuff, because sometimes people never peel the onion layer back and go beyond the surface level. And going into business, Sometimes it sucks because when you go from, you know, being an employee working for somebody else, the procedures, the policies and everything is there, IT, marketing, everything that you need is there. But whenever you launch something of your own and you're building that dynasty and empire, it's you all by yourself on the forefront until you begin to scale up and have enough revenue coming in where it makes sense to outsource. Yes, I love that question. I mean, I was IT when we first started. I was bookkeeping. Um, I was legal. I was everything in the beginning. Um, and I knew that, you know, I was fortunate enough to have investors. So I was able to scale the business how I wanted to. But at the same time, I needed to do it slowly still. So, you know, when we didn't have IT support, that was me trying to figure it out or Googling things. How do I set this up? Whatever. 
and I'm not very good at that. I'm going to just admit it. Um, IT is not my area of expertise. Um, so that was, you know, a bit challenging and figuring out, okay, at what point do we need these kinds of services? Are people even going to run into IT questions? Like thinking how that's going to work. Um, what does healthcare look like? 401k, all of these things and figuring out how do we make this a place that people want to work at other than, you know, knowing me and believing in me because everyone I hire isn't gonna know me. So from the beginning, I was lucky and fortunate enough to have people within my network who were interested in coming on board, which made that transition a bit easier. And then it was scouting new people who had to take a risk on this new company that they'd never heard of. Um, so I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse because right when I started, Clubhouse was really big. Um, I think it's still, you know, people are going on it daily, but definitely don't have as much time for it. Um, spent a lot of time on Clubhouse. I hired two people that I met through Clubhouse actually, um, because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just hiring people I knew and I was hiring people who were within the industry already that could provide a different perspective. Um, so that was really my first you know, inaugural address basically to my team once we had everyone on board was, you know, there's some of us here who are familiar and we know the process that we like to use and what works. But I want to get rid of that because we're bringing in new perspectives because obviously there's something wrong with how we were doing things before. So how can we integrate all these perspectives and make this better? Um, so that was really great um, at the beginning is having those conversations with the team, figuring out what is going to be our unique approach on this so that we just have the best you know, agency out there. That is amazing. And one thing that really stood out um, whenever you were giving the background that, in my opinion, that was a competitive advantage for you, Becca, was the fact that you had investors starting out in the beginning. And mm -hmm. a lot of startup companies don't necessarily have investors in the beginning. So they're doing a lot of bootstrapping. And then I like the fact that you um, tapped into diversity of thought by having different people who you didn't know, as well as, you know, people that you already knew and pulling them together to really have that um, well-rounded expertise mm -hmm. as well as insight so that your company can grow because sometimes when you work with people who know you they may jump on the bandwagon and cheer you on the way but if you have right. someone that doesn't know you they'll give you a diverse question me yes and say <laughs> have you thought Challenge about this <laughs> yep so what was, now that we know like some of the hard things that you went through in the beginning, what were some of the easy, easiest things that made it easier for you to leave that vice president role and step into your own business and take full ownership of that? Because that's not always easy when you leave something comfortable and you go into the unknown. Mm -hmm. I would say the easiest aspect of that was I had a clear vision on what I wanted and my investing partners were aligned with that. They knew they might have to support me in a different way because of exactly what I wanted to do to start this company. And that was, you know, finding the right talent managers in the beginning and making sure that no matter what, we have the capital in order to pay our influencers on time. Um, that's a huge problem in the industry is creators do their work just like freelancers in any industry and then don't see a paycheck for 90 plus days to six months. And that's just no way to live as an entrepreneur. So I really wanted to build a place where we could do things right from the beginning and not have to kind of backtrack. Um, so again, I was very fortunate to have investors. Not a lot of people get to say that. So I wanted to extend that privilege to 
others in the community, whether it was people I hired who didn't have this opportunity before, and now they can have a full-time job within this industry instead of working freelance, or to our influencers who are now getting paid timely and you know don't have to take a second mortgage out on their home. Um, so that just feels really happy to me. And that was the easiest decision to make from the forefront in order to have a successful company. So let's dive a little bit deeper. So how did you already have investors with you from the start? Because someone listening to this episode may may be aspiring to do something similar that you're doing, and they may not Mm -hmm. necessarily know where to find those investors or how to get that investor to buy into their vision because their vision is very new. And Mm -hmm. did you work with any um, VCs, venture capitals? Did you have any, like, were any of the investors, family members or friends, or maybe someone from your old place of business? Yeah. So again, I was really lucky where I basically another company wanted to hire me for a role um, that then ended up making sense to develop our own company under this company. Um, so in our initial discussions, you know, I, we kind of paved a path of, okay, this is what you're going to do. And then it was like, actually, let's have you build a whole division and a whole company under our umbrella. You'll do your thing. Um, and it can be a, you know, symbiotic environment where we can kind of all feed each other. So talking to the right people who, you know, found interest in what I was doing, knowing, recognizing my talent, and then giving me an opportunity to shine. So, you know, in that moment where we kind of pivoted from, you know, you'll be hired by us into let's create a company, I did need to put together then projections, a business plan, everything to say, okay, this is what I can do. This is why you should give me this money and let's make this happen. Um, So that obviously worked out (laughs) and put together a good business plan and not everyone knows how to do that. And you know, I even got help from the investors. I put together my business plan that was very chaotic looking. It was like my brain just like thrown up on Excel. And then, you know, they brought in their finance person who was like, okay, let's like make sense of this and make a clear um, business plan proposal. So having that guidance was very helpful since obviously, you know, I didn't have the intention of starting a company when I came into this opportunity. Um, So yeah, that just really helped me. I had a lot of resources to help me where I am now. That is amazing. So some key things that stuck out were synergies, collaboration, partnership, and connecting your subject matter expertise with other experts to really build up to where you are. And Mm -hmm. since you are a thought leader, Becca, Becca, and you're doing incredible things, what are some of your core values and competencies? Because that is a part of the creator and influencer economy. Because if people Mm -hmm. see you as a leader that leads, by not just speaking words, but by taking actions, they're going to buy into your vision. So let's unpack that. Yeah, I am a huge Brene Brown fan. Love it. Love her. Love her podcasts, her books, everything. I just finished Atlas of the Heart and I feel like it really spoke to me and how I want to speak to my team and also to our roster. And I think kind of a, a major pillar there of what I've learned is speaking the same language. Um, Atlas of the Heart is all about communication and how if you can communicate effectively, then you you will succeed. So even something as little as being able to define when you're stressed versus you're overwhelmed is going to help in our efficiency process. If you're overwhelmed, I shouldn't come at you with problem solving tips. I just want you to step away, take a beat. We'll come back to it. If you're stressed, 
we can we can problem solve this out. We can talk. You're not like at the point yet where you just can't think. Um, so being able to communicate effectively, I think, is so so important. And then that leads into transparent communication. So outside of just understanding language communication, it's how do you actually provide information that people deserve to know because it's their career, because it's their livelihood, and that's how you establish trust. So I think for me, those are the, the really main points. Um, trust and transparency are again, the core values of Illuminate Social, and we just try to continuously reinforce that through our actions and our behaviors. Ah, I like that because <laughs> as you were talking about trust and transparency, you know what went off in my head? It's like, boom, boom, TNT. TNT, <laughs> got that alliteration, I love it. It's like, you have to be explosive with your communication. Mm -hmm. And how, do you, how are you explosive with your communication? You're explosive whenever you exuberate trust as well as mm -hmm. transparency. And that is what builds effective and efficient communication. So there's nothing that slips through the cracks. So like if you were exactly. talking to somebody, you would say, hey, what's your TNT with social illuminate? My TNT mm -hmm. is trust and transparency because that is gonna blow up some amazing exactly. communication. <laughs> yep, exactly. And I think it's also going to blow up the industry. I mean, I want other influencers to ask their managers, why don't you provide this information for me? Why don't I get to have access to this? And, you know, that's really my hope. And not just for other influencers to realize, oh, I should be run by Illuminate Social, but demand of the industry to change, you know, their practices, because it is an industry that doesn't have a lot of standards and practices around it. Um, there's not a lot of uniform even on pricing and it just, it, there's not a lot of regulation is what I'm trying to say. So I think that this is kind of a corner, a turning point um, of the industry where we're seeing a lot more people ask, okay, how did you come up with this price? Why did you quote that rate? Like, how did we get to here? Um, we're seeing a lot more uniformity around how people are pricing usage and all of the different elements. So I think that this is definitely a turning point in the industry as it's a huge industry right now. I mean, it's like, I don't even remember right now what the, the billion dollar value that they have on this industry, but it's really, it's becoming explosive. So I want people to ask of their team, you know, I deserve to have this information as an entrepreneur. I wholeheartedly agree because whenever you are a creator, whether you're creating in, you know, the digital media space, whether you're a creator in, you know, the writing space, like for, for example, I'm an author, which you know that, mm -hmm. Becca, and I do other things and podcasting and all of that stuff, you have to really protect your assets and mm -hmm. your IP, your intellectual property. And there's so many things that go into being a creator. And sometimes um, people, you know, they could take advantage of creators because they see the value that you may not necessarily see in yourself. Mm -hmm. So I want to go into building teams with empathy and intention, because when you're working with other creators, it's so important that when you're building those teams, that everyone is seen and heard, but they mm -hmm. also don't feel like their ideas are 
are taken away from them and someone else is getting um getting credit so let's talk right. about empathy around that and intentionality because it's so key because if you don't have that it could definitely drive a wedge in between team members because they feel like they can't bring their zone of genius because they're worrying about if another creator is going to steal their ideas and reap mm-hmm. the the reward or like people say the fruits of their labor Right. Exactly. And, you know, also building this company, it's really easy for employees to, you know, take what I train them in the tools in this industry and go somewhere else and be successful at that too, and use the same model. It's obviously something I think about, but at the same time, I'm still proud that that person is going to take my tools of the trade and maybe go somewhere else and be successful. I think that that's not often women supporting women in this industry is so important. It's a very female dominated industry. And it makes me sad, I think, when people just get so wrapped up in, I, I, you know, I founded you, I created you, and now you've left me. And like, where's the loyalty? It's just, that's not a good way to look at things. We should be supporting people on their journey and what that path looks like. And hey, if it's not a fit at Illuminate Social, I fully respect that and know that I've made a little impact on, you know, how you choose to be a manager or do your job. And, you know, on the flip side, not on the flip side, but I would say looking at our team members who, you know, it's really important to bring a diverse perspective um, and making sure that creators feel like they're seen at Illuminate Social and the team that's there. Um, That way, you know, let's say an LGBTQ creator wants to be rep by an LGBTQ manager because they know they will have, you know, a certain perspective in order to fight for what they think they deserve and not feel like they're taking being taken advantage of by brands. I want to be able to make sure we have those opportunities should someone choose that they want someone who looks like them, who sounds like them, who speaks like them to represent them. That's not to say everybody wants that, but they're at least happy someone's in the room being an advocate for them. Um, And that's so, so important to me. I like that because it also highlights uh, D-E-I-M-B, diversity, Mm -hmm. equity, inclusion, and belonging. And I feel like some organizations take that as a check the box, meaning that they're just going to check it off their list and keep on moving because Mm -hmm. they're showing their shareholders, okay, we're going to make profit because we already have X amount of representation in this area. But if you're not ensuring that that representation is you know, seen as well as heard, that they have mm-hmm. a succession plan, that they feel included in all areas of the business, that they feel like not only are they that diverse representation, but their diversity of thoughts, their, which is ideas, things that they mm-hmm. bring to the forefront is heard, or there's other people that look like them, then I feel like you are missing a big target and there's a gap that needs to be closed. And I like the fact that you mentioned the LGBTQ um, content creator, as well as working with someone who may represent them because Mm -hmm. they already have a silver lining and they understand each other because they're in the same community or a Um, chocolate drop I always say chocolate drop because that's the name of my book a melanated person or african-american person representing another Mm -hmm. african-american because they may identify so whenever you think about social illuminate and you think about your stance with dei and b what are some areas that you've had to learn and grow in in order to make sure that you are bridging the gap between your content creators as well as the people that are managing them 
It's a great question. And I love that you're including B in the DEI and B because that's something I recently learned in Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart and how important belonging is. Um, and I think that's something, you know, that a lot of companies struggle to realize they're checking this box. They're like, okay, you know, we hired this person, they're representing this whole group. And that's not, that is where you lose that sense of belonging and feeling visible where somebody feels like, okay, I'm here to represent the whole black community. And like, what? That's crazy. I've got my own perspective. You know, we have to think about intersectionality. Every single person is going to come from a unique background and that brings what their perspective is. So, you know, if I were to say, we've got a black manager, all black talent should go to that person. That's ridiculous. That's not what this should look like. It should be that people feel like they're, I want my team to feel like they're included in the process in making those decisions and who they want to represent and work for. Similarly with the talent that we represent, you know, it's, it's finding the right match of somebody who's going to be a perfect fit for you because that's the person you're going to talk to all the time. You're going to text late night when you've got problems. Um, you know, they're really your advocate. So it has to be someone you're comfortable with and it can't just be because we are checking a box. So that is so, so important to me and making sure voices are heard, opinions are heard. Because again, that is how I create the process that our team uses is based on everyone's differing perspectives on the right way to do something, taking it all in, taking everyone's um, opinions and being like, okay, now here's the clear path forward. Do we all agree on this? You know, is this gonna be the right way to do things? Is this how we can all succeed? And if someone isn't succeeding, how can I look at it and think, you know, have I given this person all of the tools that they need in order to succeed? And really looking at that individual, not just how I look at everybody is using my training guide, which I have a very in-depth training guide that I use for everybody, but that doesn't mean that every person's going to succeed from it. Someone might need a little bit more help. Someone might need some more one-on-one -on -one time, um, a little bit more, you know, industry knowledge or reading materials in order to fully understand what we're doing. Um, so yeah, I just, I love belonging is such a new term for me, I think. Um, you know, we always knew what that word meant, but I feel like I'm as of late getting a real understanding of what that means and what that looks like within my team. And I love that because it shows that you are growing and that's important whenever you are in business because you're not in business by yourself. And so right. you have to grow personally as well as professionally, as well mm -hmm. as your team members. So whenever you think about how far you've, you've came with Social Illuminate and you think about the people that are working for you, what are some gems that you would like to leave with our listeners and viewers? And remember, the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate while we intersect D, E, I, and B, because we all come mm -hmm. from various backgrounds and we're all here to share our stories so we could help ignite something else in somebody else because we have to make that imprint. And while we're making that imprint, it's driving the impact in order for us to be world changers that we want to be. So sometimes you could challenge yourself as well as your team members and you could say, who do you want to be is number one. Number two is what type of change do you want to see and how do you plan on getting there? Because it will allow them to reverse engineer it so they could really mm -hmm. take that time to digest it, self-reflect and pull the onion layers back because it's no more time to sit at the surface level. We really have to go deep diving. Yes. And I would say, you know, the first gem is never stop learning. 
Um, I am constantly educating myself, constantly reading different materials and really look outside of your industry. So I see a lot of people specifically in the influencer economy pouring all of their heart and soul in only talking influencers, only learning about influencers, only going to influencer clubhouses or panels, et cetera. And, you know, that's great. Be really educated on one thing, but in order to have a bigger perspective, you need to expand your mind in that way. So whether it's, you know, for me, I just like, I geek out about all things leadership. So anything that has to do with leadership, I'm going to read and dive into, and that's going to help me become a better leader. Even if I'm not reading how to be a leader for an influencer marketing company, you know, I'm reading about a fortune 500 company, something that has nothing to do with what I do, but I can still take a lot of those tools of the trade in order to perfect what I'm doing um, constantly. And I think constantly checking in with your team as well. So um, I recently did, you know, a new year survey, just wanting to see like, okay, how are you guys understanding our resources? How are you, um, are you doing, we do a weekly meditation. Are you guys even attending? Because we do this for a reason. And if people aren't making time for it, I want to make sure I'm maybe switching it up and not just staying with the status quo, you know, month over month. Um, and we just launched, you know, I got a lot of great suggestions where people wanted to do a lunch and learn series. So we're starting that today where I actually am talking about Atlas of the Heart since I loved it so much. And I think everyone should learn about it. And then we're going to bring in other guest speakers so people can widen their perspectives. And it's not just, again, about influencer marketing, but a lot of different topics for people to learn and expand their minds. Um, so yeah, constantly checking in with your team is so important and making sure you know, your, what your week looks like, whatever the weekly team meetings look like, change it up. It shouldn't be the same year over year. It should change, you know, maybe every quarter, change it up, get people's attention um, and continue to have them explore. Amazing. So never stop learning and check mm -hmm. in with your team. Um, lunch and learns are great. I can't stress that enough coming from corporate America for 15 mm -hmm. years. Like that is the quickest way to bring a group of people together. If you say, Hey, I'm going to provide lunch for you, but then I'm also yep. going to educate you because then it brings everyone together. So it's like a mini team building, you're eating mm -hmm. some good food and then you're <laughs> learning. So that is oh, kudos to you. And I'm so glad that you're starting that because I think it's going to be amazing. And I like yeah. that you're going to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart. So mm -hmm. Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, because then <laughs> everyone should pick it up. <laughs> When you talked about it, you just lit up. And then I also like the fact that you're going to bring in subject matter experts from other industries because mm -hmm. that's going to stretch them beyond their comfort zone. Exactly. And they always hear from me. So I was like, I'll kick it off, but then I'll take a back seat. <laughs> Amazing, Becca. And what is your call to action? What do you want the listeners to do after hearing you on this segment? I would say challenge yourself and challenge, like to learn a new topic um, and really explore something that's new and going to be dear to your heart, I think it can really surprise you the things that end up, you end up being so passionate about and then being very, you know, educated on. It's great to learn something new. So that, that's what I'd leave for everybody, no matter what industry you're in. And now I'm sure they're dying to know or mm -hmm. eager to know, 
how can they get in touch with you, Becca? What's your website information? Where do you hang out on social media? Mm -hmm. And if they just want to reach a Becca Barkey, not your VA, not your virtual assistant, not somebody <laughs> that just picks up the phone and say, press one, press two, right. but Becca, how can they do that? <laughs> yeah, so our website's illuminatesocial.co. CO. We don't have the com yet. Um, and my email is Becca at illuminatesocial.co. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Becca Buka, which is a near and dear, you know, nickname for my mother from growing up. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. It's more of like my personal playground, but promoting things um, for work as well. If you want to connect with me professionally, I'm on LinkedIn as Becca Barkey, and that's B-A-H-R-K-E. Um, I would say LinkedIn is a great place for us to chat professionally, set up some time to meet. I'm very much someone who likes to talk during, you know, work hours. Um, whereas I try to turn off and just like my personal life on not work hours. <laughs> And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I'm the host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and you just heard Becca Barkey with Illuminate Social. All of her contact information will be in the show notes, so there's no excuse for not getting in touch with her. <laughs> and if you resonate with this segment, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast and share this segment with a family member or a friend so they can learn how to tap into the creator and influence econ um, economy, build teams with empathy and intentionality, and really connect the dots so they could, you know, turn those dreams into realities and be their biggest asset because we are all assets to ourselves but you have to tap into your zone of genius you have to rise above limitations and you have to kick negative nancy to the curb because positive mm -hmm. patty is here to stay and she has something amazing and that amazing person inside is you you're destined for greatness but it starts with believing in yourself and taking that leap of faith and until we chat next time peace love and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems g-e-m-s with w-i-t-h genesis g-e-n-e-s-i-s amaris a-m-a-r-i-s kemp k-e-m-p at gmail.com where your brand your swag your services can be here on gems podcast